we have uh, one major experiment, test, meditation, whatever you like to call it, and uh, a discussion about it. But first, a few words, if I may, uh, about the necessity, the need, the uh, importance uh, of this investigation. I, I would see this weekend as a kind of laboratory, an investigation into uh, what and who uh, we really are, one really, really is, into one's true nature. It's about being attentive to what is like being oneself. It's being centered, it's about being centered, it's about attending not only to what we're looking at, but what we're looking out on. And um, I, I think and hope we all <clears throat> will be uh, in the market for surprises, for what shall I say, discoveries. Well, I, I've been onto this thing for upwards of 50 years, and my astonishment grows. And I do not get used to this, this vision of who we really, really, really are. It's charm, it's um, authority, it's practicality, it's value. Uh, increase, I think, as we go on with it. But it does mean that we need to be open, open-minded. Now, why, why, in brief, why should one bother about investigating uh, who one really is and one's own experience, quite apart from uh, what one is told by books, by people, by society, by language, uh, and so on? Why should one put all that on hold not denying it, not being uh, uh, ungrateful for all sorts of hints and suggestions. Put it on hold while we start afresh. Start afresh and have a look at who's looking. Why should we do that? Well, I don't know why you would do that. Of course, I'm not in a position to speak for you. But I can give you one or two reasons why, for me, this is absolutely crucial. First one is that um, a very simple one, really, that I've happened, you know, I've actually occurred, and and I think that's one of the things we are very ungrateful for, you know. I mean, we're grateful for being uh, South African, and we're grateful for being male or female or old or young or young, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, we're grateful for a million things. But it's quite uncommon, I think, but very crucial to be grateful for having actually happened. And it seems to me such a shame, you know, so unworthy of us to live our lives, you know, in really not interested in whose life we're living, you know. Um, and this is where that quotation from the Buddha comes in so much. Be lamps to yourselves. Take yourselves to no outside refuge. 
And I say my first reason for having a look at who I really, 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 really am here, right here, my first reason is I'm so grateful and surprised that I am, you know. Have you like to put it? I happen in the world. I'm damned if I'm going to live and die without having a look at it. But we, we do, don't we? We take people's word for everything. I mean, we do our language. And uh, society in general tells me a, a thousand things about what, about what I am here. And my experience, and it isn't necessarily yours, but I can come clean on that one, my experience is that I am not only different here from what I've been advertised to be by those guys out there, not only different, but the opposite. And that's very strange. It's very strange. And it means that, uh, come on, I'd better be truthful about that, uh, because surely living from a pack of lies about my nature is to be uh, living unsatisfactorily. It would even seem possible that my problems, which naturally, like yours, no, not a few, uh, my problems would basically stem from one basic, one fundamental central problem, which is illusion. Illusion about who I really am. And uh, failure to have a look at what I'm looking out of, failure to see where I'm coming from, intimidation by language, by people, by everybody out there telling me what I'm like here. Now that seems so feeble-minded to me, because nobody had been right here but me, <coughs> and nobody had been right where you are but you. And, and I think you have a dignity, a duty to yourself, an opportunity, a fantastic opportunity, while you're still around, to really say, uh, don't tell me, I'm going to have a look. And I'm going to drop all I thought I was. I'm going to start afresh and have a look in case I've been conned. <laughs> well, language. I find the biggest, one of the biggest con, uh, cons, I mean confidence tricks, language itself. Of course, language is uh, absolutely imperative and uh, indispensable, and uh, it is our ticket to the human club. And here am I using the stuff. But you see... It, 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 it really, language is a language uh, is a funnel, among other things, a funnel for feeding feeding fictions into my life. Fiction. That's my experience, and I don't say it will be yours, but I hope it will be when we do these little experiments. And. Uh, so my motives uh, for having a look at who I really, really am is thankfulness for having occurred and seizing the opportunity to have a look at it and be my own authority right here on what it is to be first person. Now, I'm not an authority on Douglas because Douglas is more and more mysterious, you know, and, and gosh, that guy in the mirror, if I knew him, I'd have to... To know him, I'd have to know the whole world, because he's conditioned by millions and millions of things. He is a product of the world. He's in the world. It's incredibly complicated. He's always surprising me and shocking me, you know? There he is. And uh, to know Douglas, I mean, that, that, that I, I do not pretend to do. 
I've done my little bit of trying to bone up on psychology and philosophy and science and so on, physiology, neurology, you know, all that stuff. But it leaves me even more uh, in the dark about uh, Douglas. Uh, but uh, Douglas is there. You see, he's the guy I see in the mirror. He's the guy you are now uh, entertaining in your space. And uh, you got him, I haven't, you see. I mean, he's your problem. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, that, yeah, that old uh, 85, that uh, non-octogenarian that you're experiencing. <laughs> It ain't like that here, I promise you. It really is not like that here. And uh, uh, I'm going to have a look at that. Well, another motive, and, and a very serious one, is that all the great religions that I read them and understand them and uh, value them very highly, all the great religions, not notably Buddhism, but all the others, and the other four or five great religions, have one simple proposition lurking at the very heart of them, covered up, covered up with all sorts of rubbish and churchianity and interests and, and uh, uh, convention and so on. Uh, uh, but underneath all that accumulated stuff over the centuries, underneath you can winkle out if you're interested, uh, one simple proposition which to my mind is common to them all. And that is, you're not what you look like. Now you can't get simpler than that. You're not what you look like. Well, I'm not here, what I look like there. You're not what you look like. You are, you, you, you are something quite astonishing. You are the reality, call it what you like. There are many names for this reality uh, behind the universe. You are that reality. You are that being, you are that mystery, you are that power, you are that uh, awakeness. You are not at naught centimeters from yourself, right where you are. You are not a product of the world. You are where, where the world comes from. You are the origin, sustainer, destiny of all the stuff I now, this doesn't make it true that all the great religions have said this, but it makes it imperative that we investigate the truth of it while we have a chance, doesn't it? Don't let that one go by. Because it is such a fantastic proposition. I am not a product of the world. Douglas is a product of the world, a guy is in the mirror, and he's around, his mind, body, all this stuff here, and all that stuff mental, physical stuff. He's a product of the world. But right here, closer than all else, what I'm looking out of, where I'm coming from, nearer, nearer to me than all else. The being of my being, the soul of myself, is the soul of the world. Call it what you like. About words, I mean, we differ enormously about the definition of words uh, for this. But it does, in all the great religions, have certain advertised characteristics or uh, marks, shall we say. And uh, I did touch on one or two of them last night. Uh, they are agreed, the great religions, that this one, that one really is, is not fenced in, it's boundless. 
It doesn't have any borders. It, it, it's infinite. It goes on and on and on forever and ever. It's not limited. And secondly, that it is immaculate, absolutely pure, clean, immaculate, spotless, empty of all contamination. So it's advertised to be in all the great religions. And uh, because it is uh, so empty, so capacious, so roomy, so clean, it is the receptacle of everything. It, it is full of the world. It is the world, but full of the world. And uh, thirdly, or fourthly, uh, it is wide awake. Where would you find awakeness? where you are. Have you ever discovered awakeness lurking in under a stone? Or, you know, you know, where is there awakeness? Where does it hang out? Well, it doesn't hang out at all. It hangs in, doesn't it? It's where you're coming from. It's awakeness. You know, you can say one who says I am. You will find it nearer than there. You may have to revise the I am, but uh, provisionally that's where it dictates you. Well, if all the great religions have said this, and uh, what their teaching amounts to is what's sometimes called a perennial philosophy, uh, then it is worth uh, a few hours of your valuable time to investigate the truth of it. I say with an open mind, and my valuable time to investigate the truth of it. Because it is so supremely blessed. I mean, what more could you... I mean, the proposition is so fabulously fortunate. I mean, you know, what more could you want to be the eternal, immaculate um, origin of the whole world, imperishable, the imperishable container receptacle of all the things that perish? You know, do you want anything more than that? Uh, uh, Rumi, who's a very, very, very great poet and teacher, the greatest of the Sufis, said, um, my business is to find out whether I'm vile or fortunate. And I say, if, if the perennial philosophy is true, my God, you're fortunate. You're fortunate. If it's rubbish, it's jacket. Don't let's muck about. Let's, let's decide this weekend whether it's true or not uh, that you are this incredible, incredible reality. God, we hedge, don't we? We say yes, maybe, yes, or so what? I know we go off and look for something else. I, elsewhere, I know. Gosh, we, we do put off this decision as to our identity. That's unworthy of us, you know. We, have, we are equipped, fully equipped, as we can, to decide this issue while we're still around as human beings, you know. Or leaving this is not, is not responsible, I think, to leave this issue unresolved. Let us resolve to resolve the issue. And if it's rubbish, it's junk it, and if it's true, limit. So that is... Uh, I'm, I'm investigating reasons for looking at this. Can I think of other reasons? Well, 
I, I, I'm deeply, deeply, deeply convinced of the practicality of telling the truth about this. I mean, it would seem, as I said before, that if we're living from a pack of lies, we, our lives are not going to work. I mean, we, 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 we better be right about what's central here, you know, about our opinions about the world, politics, uh, economics, uh, uh, all the great questions of the world. They are important. Uh, but the, the, the real question is, uh, for me at any rate, is whose world is it? Who am I here? I'd better be right about that and not hallucinating. Well, I can tell you that my experience, and I hope to share this with you, my experience is that a lot of my life I was really crazy and I hallucinated something here which wasn't here. And it's not very good to live a life of hallucination. It's, it's sick, you know. I'd better, better be awake. Uh, to what is here in order to live a practical, energetic, loving, natural life. So really what we're on about this weekend is just being natural. It's not achieving anything. It's not changing anything, basically. It is about waking up to the way we really, really, really are at this moment. How little we deserve it or think we deserve it. Uh, what is the case? What is true? The truth will set us free. Hallucination will be uh, sheer bondage and inefficiency and will interfere with our personal relationships, our creativity, and gives lots of stress and is unworthy of us. So it does mean we have to start again and believe nothing. Uh, I've come to the thing stripped of belief. Not that we uh, say you've got to unbelieve all sorts of stuff. Keep it on hold. Keep our convictions of one kind or another, which we have, no doubt must have, keep them on hold while we make a fresh start to have a look at who's looking. Well, uh, the practicality of this is not evident until we do it. And you have to, I suppose, just uh, have the notion that uh, it's going to be far more practical uh, to uh, be centered than to be out to lunch. Well, that's true. You see, when we're very little, we're very little, we're centered, we're living from who we are. Every animal is, every young child is living from its center. It's not eccentric. It's not eccentric. It's living from who, who it really is. Uh, that's why a cat moves so gracefully, you know, and the children have that charm and authenticity, they're living from who they are, not very conscious of it, not very awake to it, but they're living from the center. And the, the human condition is, and to join the human class, uh, we have uh, to do one trick, we have to believe one thing, we have to indulge in one fantasy, <coughs> one myth, one hallucination which, uh, when we look at it, I think you would agree, is quite crazy. And uh, the proposition can be summed up in six words. Six. I am what I look like. Or, uh, to, to put it more, put it more uh, fully, perhaps, 
I am here, what I look like to you over there. And uh, I just promise you that in all important respects, I am different from the one you see. And so I look in the mirror and say, thank God, I'm not like that. <laughs> God, oh my God, I had it. <laughs> you know, I'm like that, I've had it. Because <laughs> I'm not like that here, you see. That's, what I see in the mirror is authentic appearance. And it's one of my millions and millions and millions and millions of appearances. All the way from subatomic to galactic. You know? Subatomic to galactic. All sorts of appearances. You happen to be situated in my human region. Therefore you say, hi Douglas. Because you, 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 you're there. You see, if you came up to me, you would, you, would lose, you would come out of my human region and come to my cellular region. You know? If you came all the way up, there'd be nothing left at all. If you went further away, you know, taking photographs of this place, why, well, you would get um, yeah, Natal, I suppose, in South Africa, you went up in the sky, and you know, still photographing this place, and the Earth, and the solar system, and the galaxy, all of which, of course, are essential to my, my body. You see, these are appearances. But of what is, is the one you see in the mirror? Of what is that one in the my reading of it is that I'm exact opposite of what I look like, and I I would uh, uh, believe about you that I'm so thankful for your appearance. It takes years and years off me. <coughs> I'm so thankful for your appearance that I am deeply persuaded uh, that that is your appearance and your reality is to be found uh, in another place. In fact, when I see who I really, really, really am have access to your reality too. Anyway, that'll come out of the wash. <clears throat> so, well, I'll give you a few reasons why we should uh, have a look at who we are. And there's another reason, which is that it's such fun, you see. It's so damn dull being what I look like. But when I start having a look here, I'm, I'm due for surprise on surprise on surprise. I'm still discovering things. After 50 years, I'm still discovering things that I didn't, didn't notice. And uh, it, it's fun. And I think spirituality, which is, which is solemn, is serious, yes, but not solemn. Spirituality, which is solemn, right? I'm very doubtful about it, you know. I think God, bless her heart, has a delicious sense of humor. <laughs> delicious sense of humor. And uh, I think we shall find, I hope we shall find, uh, these experiments interesting, entertaining, and uh, humorous. humorous. And uh, there's perhaps not a motive for having looked who we are. There's a, what should I say, a program. Um, and uh, it's about confrontation. Uh, for me, the whole weekend, is about confrontation. It's cause and cure. Confrontation. And confrontation means, you know what confrontation means? Head-on collision. You know? Confrontation. You've got your point of view, I've got my point of view. Here we are, confronting one another. Now, uh, I am, uh, we are going to investigate this business of confrontation. Uh, it, is, it is basic physical uh, uh, dimension aspect of the eye. 
I'm not talking about the feelings of confrontation at this time. I'm not talking about the understanding of conflict. Uh, that's a huge area. I'm talking about the way we are actually constituted, the way we're built. And are we built open? I put it very simply. It's so simple. Are we built open for one another, built for loving, or are we built closed up? And you say, well, that's all kind of physical, Douglas. What we want is the feelings and the understanding. Well, I say, no, I think it's the wrong order. The wrong order. Dante Alighieri, the, the great uh, um, poet of the Italian, the medieval poet, um, said a very interesting thing in the Divine Comedy. He said, blessedness comes through vision. Not from loving, which comes later. Because it, to love someone, you've got to see them first, haven't you? Blessedness comes from vision, not from loving, which comes later. So first, first let us not hallucinate. Let us see what we see instead of what we're told to see. And that's hard. It's extremely hard to see what we see. We do not see what we see. We see what we expect to see, what language allows us to see. We are hoodwinked by language. I think you'll agree. And I, I'm not going to go on talking about this. I'm going to go uh, swiftly into a little experiment, which I think uh, will show you uh, that uh, very, we really are, uh, uh, what shall I say, not too well equipped, not too good at seeing what we see. We see what we expect to see. 